To the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. I just want to uh, give this or start the episode by showing some appreciation. Pour one out for the all the translators that had to work on all the rap battles uh, these past uh, it, uh, this season, past couple is, of episodes. It is the season for it. Apparently, something something got in the water of Japan this season, I've, and uh, I've heard some stories. So, uh, everyone, RIP ev- to the uh, the translators you had to yes. do, especially the uh, the your boy Kong Ming and the however many bars that ended up being that had to be translated. Our condolences to your family and friends. Looking up ancient <laughs> Chinese poems and stuff like, it, uh, yeah. Just but, uh, everyone, uh, just everyone, just felt they had some bars to spit out here. You know, every everyone's got some got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I should also mention, uh, since today is Mother's Day here in the U.S., shout out to all the hot anime moms this season. There's yeah, a lot this season. There, there's a fair number of them. Yeah, you know who you are. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that said, uh, we also just have a lot of shows that we're still watching. Indeed. With all the fun comedies and whatnot going on, and so we're going to get into all that. But to introduce everybody... I'm Jell. I'm joined by Iro. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like how you emphasized yet at the end there. Yeah, you know, but... it's a versatile phrase depending on what I uh, uh-huh. decide to emphasize. Yeah, uh, we're also joined by G. What's good, everybody? And uh, we have a special guest uh, for this episode. We have Peter. I am also here. Hello. Yes. The, the best anime podcast on the internet, joined by the host of the number one anime radio show in the UK. We can say that, right? Probably, yeah. I, I, there's probably not many of us. <laughs> yeah. So, Winner um, by default. Yes, yeah. no, but th- thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, let's talk about some anime. Indeed. Uh-huh. In a moment. In a moment. <laughs> well, first, we do want to acknowledge uh, the end of the... The Golden Kamui manga, which I know Iro and G, you both are very fond of. Yes, we've reached the end of the winding road. Yes, and, you though, know, there are some some parting words yeah. you'd like to say. With the manga Solid ending. ending. Good, good ending. You know, they pull it together. Uh, yeah. Everything came together. It's uh, uh, in a lot once. of ways. Golden Kamui has been a you know I've made it clear on the podcast multiple times how how much I adore that story and its characters and. Um, Compared to a lot of like currently running manga, um, I think Golden Kamui is it, it is it is a it's it's sad that this is a somewhat rare occasion, but Golden Kamui achieves what few manga do, which is end uh, on a decent note and not take overly long to get there. So in many ways, that puts Golden Kamui in a a very special pantheon of manga, to be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I mean, think... you almost always get, like, either the, the, the manga gets canceled and they don't have time to wrap things up, or... It just kind of peters out. Or they just stretch it out as long as possible, well past its prime. Right? Yes. Yeah. Or most 
you know, morbidly, the author passes away before they finish mm. it. I feel like, in many regards, I'm not going to turn this into a philosophical thing, but I feel like in some regards, being a fan of manga is like, you, you are, you are, you undertake the fandom with the implicit notion that you are reading incomplete stories. Yeah. That may or may not ever end, or may or may not ever end in a satisfying manner. I feel right. like that is just so... The the the, the jour like, status quo of manga in general, that right. to get one that just ends, and ends well, just fe- ends up feeling very special. And it's like I think American that's... TV series. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's why, like, I, I come away from Golden Kamui feeling very warmly about it. It's a manga that the 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 more I look at it, you know, from the the rearview mirror, the more I come to appreciate just like how masterfully cr- crafted of a story it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, even from the early chapters, it does such an exemplary job of setting up its stakes and th- the scope of its conflict of its narrative, and it never really deviates from that. You know, it it is. Uh, it is a story that tells you there's going to be 24 bosses in this game. Uh-huh. And thus, you will know exactly how far you are based on how many are <laughs> remaining. And it sticks to that. It really does. It adamantly yeah. sticks to it all the way to the end. And I think uh, in a lot of ways, Golden Comedy, especially towards the end, where I think we often talk about like the strength of endings and like payoffs on things that are established earlier in stories, and and Golden Kama did a like tremendous job of paying off on nearly every single element of its story that was set up um, earlier. Uh, I, I think that we sometimes talk about this of like how how important endings are, not just narratively but thematically. Um, you know, I think we often talk about like how. How important it is that a character, uh, shall we say, dies properly or finishes their story, their their mm-hmm. section of the story in a story properly, whether that means it ends thematically appropriately or they go out with such a bang that you feel that they were given the, the curtain call that they deserved, right? You know, a great example of this, of course, would be like Ryder from Fate Zero, mm. right? Like when you have a character that is like so grand in 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 their in their personality and their impact on the story, then they must also exit the story in an equally grand manner. And when you are dealing about with a story in which ninety percent of the cast are like murderers and psychopaths, <laughs> like each and every single one of them must go out on an even greater note than the than the prior. And yeah. Yeah, like with I mean 90% of the cast is fucking dead by the end of the story and it's amazing how each and every single one of them like gets their moment to shine before they're fucking gunned down like an animal or fucking mm-hmm. like explode. <laughs> <laughs> Run over by a train. Yeah. Right. It's it's truly I, I guess it's like the thing I would say about Golden Cowboy, you know, to, you know, just to wrap this up, is it feels like a story in which the writer truly loved every character that he created. Um, I think oftentimes you can tell in a work when a writer has a bias towards one character or another, you know, whether that means screen time 
or, mm-hmm. you know, the attention they get. And the thing that Golden Kamui, I think, did, like, fantastically to the very end is, like, it truly feels like he loved each character. And big or small, they all get their moment one way or another. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, I agree. I mean, that's good. that's good to hear because those endings are tricky, particularly with manga when you don't always have the, the time to plan. Did you yes. did you have anything you wanted to add, add Iro? No, no, that's not at all. I mean, I'm 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 the one who joined uh, joined in late. So, <laughs> uh, how long did it run? How many years was it? Twenty fourteen, I think. Maybe so like it's, six or seven right. years. Right. Yeah. Well, from twenty twenty. I do not remember. It's like three hundred something chapters. Yes, and it was weekly. So, yeah, you can math it out. I don't know. Yes, twenty fourteen. That's a that's a pretty good run. Yeah. yeah. Run. All right. Good job, Golden Conway. You yeah. did what B Stars couldn't. <laughs> Yay! Mm-hmm. Well, we'll yeah. save that for when season three of B Stars gets announced. Yeah, and we'll get back you to see, that soon. You see, Eero and I, as the story of B Stars progress, mm. increasingly start tugging at our collars and yeah. <laughs> sweating profusely as we try to explain. Look, no, there's still actually some really great stuff left in this story, but... <laughs> but... Yeah, that'll uh, be another story for another day, so... Indeed. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to some anime. Anime. And in, I've heard of that stuff. Yeah. You know, cartoons from Japan. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in preparing for this episode, I asked Peter... Uh, what they were watching, and most of it was the things that we were watching, but there were a couple of things that were not on our list. So, Peter, I, I got I got some questions in this segment that I'm going to call Peter Brings in the Monster Girls. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about two of the shows you mentioned you were watching. Um, the first one being uh, Onipon, which yes. um, this is a short, correct? Is it um, full length? Yeah, yeah. Like depending on your definition of a short, and also depending on which um, which version of it you're watching. Oh, there's there are multiple versions. Is there like a censored of... version, uncensored version, or something? No, no, not. It's not a sort of monster girl. Okay. Actually, it's it's the polar opposite of that. This is a this is a. It's uh, very wholesome, show. right? Okay. It, yes. Yeah. Only thing yeah, I know it, about this is it's it's like Wit Studios' original of the season, right? Yeah, it's Wit Studio. Yeah. I yeah. I usually would consider a short pretty much anything under a twenty-two minute episode, like a normal TV length. Yeah, in which in which case it's a short regardless. Um, is it like is it like twelve minutes or something like one of those? Um, it's uh, I mean it's close to fifteen. Um, okay. Yeah. So pretty, um, still pretty decent size. Yeah. Um, so the the weird thing about Onipan is that it is part of a uh, a children's uh, variety program in, uh. in the morning on TV Tokyo called uh, Ohasta, and uh, it airs on Ohasta in like five minute chunks. Um, oh, okay. If you're familiar, uh. um, are you familiar with uh, Azamangadayo? Um, yes, that right. was also those were twenty five minute episodes, but they were broadcast in like five or six right. minute chunks and then compi- compiled together uh, to be full length episodes. Right, later okay, on. that makes sense. Uh, so uh, twenty five episodes of Onipan have aired, 
but we're getting the like compiled versions, which means only five episodes have aired so far. Um, right, right, right. Aired, streamed, you know what I mean. Um, okay, Osuta is the that morning show where uh, Ikenoala uh, is a regular noted uh, <laughs> Afro- noted uh, Nigerian-American Japanese actor who uh, mm-hmm. was in Super Sentai. No, so so this one, I mean, this is like like we said, I mean, I I'm joking about the Monster Girls thing. This is a very wholesome like kid show basically, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, so um in short, it's um you've got um a bunch of Oni, so like uh-huh. ogre, demon, whatever you want to translate it as. Um and they have come from uh, so this is like a world in which um, Oni are just in regular society now, mm-hmm. and um, they're everywhere. And uh, but like little kids have still have like weird conceptions about them, about how they'll eat them up if they're naughty and stuff like that. And right. so these three Oni um, have travelled to Tokyo in order to uh, fix those misconceptions. And prove right. to the people that they are, they're, they're just like us. And mm-hmm. are, But they do have some, like, super strength and stuff, because they are still Oni. They do still have their uh, their differences. Uh-huh. Big clubs um, and such. Uh, I've not seen clubs yet, but, um, mm. uh, but they do have super strength, and they can run really fast and stuff yeah. like that. Um, right. There was a particular bit of animation from episode one that uh, did the rounds on on Twitter for a bit because um, it's like a like a three minute long chase sequence um, that's just incredibly uh, the animation is very good. (laughs) Right, it does have some of a wit flexing their muscle here. Yes, yes, it does, which is fun. Um, the, uh, the the one of the, the fun the the fun quirk I guess with the show with it being Onipan is they have these uh, Oni pantsu. It is the their underwear. Uh-huh. And um, okay. this is uh, what, I think this is this is where like the pre-release stuff lost me. Uh, right. <laughs> it sounds like if you're reading it on paper, it's, it sounds a lot more suspicious. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So well, when we say off- I think when we say the pantsu, it's like big bloomers though like is yeah, it not they're big, yes. they're, they're, they're big bloomers cartoon um, bloomers yeah so they are not the gym kind the other kind right um, um but like so since only are quite kind of famous for wearing like tiger pelt loincloths and you've got right the, like like Ursa Yatsura. Yatsura. yeah yeah um they're that sort of style and so um when they need to transform they put these only pan on over over whatever they're wearing oh, okay um and then they transform into like in, ep- in the first episode they transform into police officers, and in uh, episode two they transform into um, just some like generic RPG characters or something. Okay, um, but um, but the transformation is just visual. They don't get any extra powers from transforming or anything like oh, okay. that. It's just so they fit <laughs> in with what they're like trying to do. Cutie honey right. trans- transforms into you know whatever costume is. Of the week, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, but yeah, it's it's very silly. It is it is a kids show. It's but yeah, it is pretty wholesome and um, it's directed by um, 
uh, uh, Ota Masahiko from Uded Murigiri. Um, the uh, uh, scriptwriter did uh, Endro, if, if anyone watched that, because it, it, it reminds me a lot of Endro. Um, um, okay. but, which I think nobody really watched, but it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like some uh, good, clean, wholesome fun on that yeah. one. Which there's a, I mean, there's a lot of that going on this season. I, I think it fits the mood. Um, yeah. And uh, as far as the other show, which was uh, the Demon Girl Next Door, which is actually season okay. two. Yes, um, season two. I vaguely remember season one existing, but you're going to have to refresh me on what the deal was with this one. Uh, in short, um, just normal high school girl Yoshida Yuka wakes up with horns in her tail, and um, she learns that she's a descendant of uh, a bunch of demons who were cursed into poverty, which means that their own the family can only survive on, like... 4,000 yen a month or something so very specific. Um, okay. And so she's woken up as uh, realizing that she's a demon and she has to go defeat the town's local magical girl um, who is um, uh, who goes to the same school and uh-huh. um, in the beginning of season two just moves in next door um, because um, uh, Yuko uh, It's or, the only way to break the curse. To... Uh, well, y- Yuko is kind of just She's very weak and largely <laughs> ineffectual at doing anything. Uh-huh. And so in the end, it, it, like the magical girl just sort of takes pity on her and is essentially training her up. Uh-huh. Um, it's no fun to beat you if you're this weak. Yeah, like uh, something that, like first thing they're going for like runs and stuff and um, mm-hmm. and that's the the typical comedy of the magical girl just pulling a gigantic tractor tire down the road. Um, uh-huh, of course, and, yes. Classic. Uh, Running yeah. across the beach. <laughs> sunset. <laughs> boxing the air. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, season two seems to be more focused on finding um, the magical girl's uh, sister who disappeared ah. um, like ten years ago or whatever and is the reason that these um, the this demon seal was on their house and mm-hmm. uh, like... As, uh, yeah, it, and it's. Um, uh, I, I suppose it would be unfair if I didn't mention that it was from um, uh, Manga Time Killer La Carrot. Um, oh, so it's like a four. Oh, one of those. It is, it is, it is, yeah, it's, it's Yonkuma. Um, also, it's largely. Sort of, less so in season two, um, but um, it's it, it sort of got some Yuri undertones going on as well, but not really. Um, um, uh-huh. but, as all of these shows but are, it's, but it's pretty. It's 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 also pretty wholesome, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, is this uh, like a, a um, like a frenemy, frenemies comedy where like uh, yeah, you know, we are technically enemies, but we're in reality we are actually uh, friends. Uh, type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pr- pr- yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of is reminding me of another show. Uh, was it uh, Gabriel Dropout? That was a thing, right? Yeah, that maybe. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It was like it, that show was kind of terrible, though. But it was like angel girls and demons, girls, frenemies uh-huh, uh-huh. type of comedy thing. Um, but yeah, again, 
this is the this is the season for uh fun goofy comedies yeah <laughs> yeah fun fun silly comedy type shows so another one we can add to the list but um <laughs> you know i say that as we're about to transition well, into our geopolitical light- power hour here lighthearted fun <laughs> it's time for geopolitics baby Hooray. So, yeah. we're gonna geopolitics we're- is my lighthearted fun yeah, we we'll take uh-huh. a break. Take a break from the lighthearted fun to get into uh, our, our geopolitics power but, hour. Yeah, what are you talking about? Geopolitics is the Just, most fun topic to discuss. Yeah. Well, hmm. let's. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, let's talk about Kyokai Senki. Yeah, we're still watching this show. We're still you guys subjecting have, ourselves did, to this crap. Has anything noteworthy happened? Since we last spoke. <laughs> I mean, no. what's your definition of noteworthy? I mean, um, but we got the big flashback to why Amo was edgy now, and that was yeah, the most sure. milk toast, yes. boring flashback where, it's... you know, he somehow survived his mech self-destructing, and they pulled him out of the water and, you know, uh, put him to work in the, the facility or whatever, uh... Or he had to look after the kids. The kids. Basically, he gets like recovered by uh, like a, a different group of like freedom fighters. I guess sure, I don't yeah. know. But these ones are like more corporate aligned, I guess, or something. Like they're they're or they're researching AI tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also, yes, there are you know because it's a real robot anime. Uh, there are children, uh, you know, living in this military facility. <laughs> I just there's a scene which, which just says everything about Kyokai yeah. Senki's like blunt nail bat writing, uh, where the three kids run up to Amo and they're like, Amo, Amo, read us a Japanese story, play baseball with us, let's do karate. Those oh, three most Japanese of things. Yes. <laughs> and two of which are in Japanese. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, I mean the, they the are. Ameri- I mean, look, they are the, now. Well, right, no, what, what I mean is that the American equivalent of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this show with its same, like, blunt, facile nationalism was set in America instead. <laughs> it would be like, Arthur, tell me the story of Paul Revere's ride uh-huh. and let's go shoot guns and eat apple pie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Like, that's, it's the same just, like, absurd, like, just complete lack of subtlety that this show operates on. Yep. And so, you know, Do all the inevit- kids die? I wish. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> okay. I, I mean. That would give it, it would, some it would, edge. I don't it know. would make the story more interesting. Like. Right. So, of course, you know, the, the people attack. North American Army or whatever, coalition. Just some, you know, black ops, black bag operator types, you know, flashbangs and MP5s uh-huh. here to shoot unarmed children and civilians. Except they're not even civilians. They are technically part of the resistance group, so technically they right. are an armed combatant. Uh, so, yes, they, there's a little sequence uh. where these guys are busted in the facility and shooting up everybody, and, oh no, to save the kids, Amo has to shoot a man. And oh, that's right, why they're making a big deal... Right, so they're making a big deal edgy. about the, the soldier in an armed conflict shooting people, right? Yes, so they're doing the thing of, like, almost... Oh, yeah. uh, I understand never, uh, all the mechs have been unmanned so far. Yes, and it is around here where we come to our... I mean, not that we've come to this realization, we've known it, but the very premise 
of Kyokai Senki, which is that robots in this world are generally unmanned drones. Right, being Was control, literally yeah. just a, a, um, a contrivance to allow the heroes to kill scores of them while still maintaining, like, an absurd veneer of, like, moral high ground. Right. Because, like, that is, like, how utterly toothless Kyokai, Kyokai Senki is as a show, is that it isn't, it can't even, like, allow itself to engage with what it actually means to be in an armed conflict. Right. Like, it, it won't even allow its heroes that, like, to be tarnished in that way. They must be completely squeaky clean because they have already intentionally, like, framed their heroes as essentially the spiritual the inheritors yeah. of Japanese nationalism, and thus they must be moral paragons in addition to cultural paragons. Uh-huh. And it makes the whole premise feel even more hollow as a result. Sucks. Wow. Uh, yeah, it sucks. So we're just, it, is, this just is, is this now just like straight up just Japanese nationalism? It always propaganda? was. It always was. That's the thing. It never changed. Okay, like, but that, it's it's getting is it getting worse though? I guess. Yes, I mean, <laughs> arguably so. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, there's I don't know, like in, in these t- series of two episodes, like they do the one thing that I would have liked this show to have done earlier and more often, but it seems like this show just like. It's like the show was given a bunch of, like, relatively good ingredients uh-huh. and was told, hey, like, make a meal out of this, you know? I, I went out of my way to, like, pick up some, some of the nice stuff from the boutique grocery store. And the cook in question shouted, Nippon Banzai, and just started, like, hacking at it, like, with, uh. with like, zero regard for how to actually make a dish or something. Mm-hmm. Because... One of the episodes has a fight has a fight between two of the other factions because remember in this world Japan is being occupied by four different sovereign nations right. and each of them is not aligned with the other so they are constantly fighting these proxy wars on Japanese soil so we finally get a fight between the not Russians and the not Americans and it's actually almost kind of interesting almost, almost. <laughs> but not actually interesting just uh, you know course. there was a part there I was like huh. This could have been cool, right. which is a thing like, I don't the even implications say. of that happening and everything, but they don't right. get into any of that, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's yeah. fucking. This is we're, we're we're stuck here in Kyokai Senki land. Uh-huh. You know, You're doing this to a, yourselves. Um, this is the price of smiles. <laughs> yes. Us watching Kyokai Senki. Uh, we're never we're never gonna let that one go. Um, <laughs> it's a really funny phrase. I'm yes, sorry. It, yeah. it is. Uh. All right, well, let's talk about our other geopolitics. Let's show. talk about good yum, geopolitics. Yum. And by uh, good geopolitics, me I mean bad politics. <laughs> well, where so where are we at in uh, uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes? Uh, all right, so here? we are on episodes, 30, what is it, 31 and 32. Uh, 31 is sort of, um, they have successfully tested Geiersburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right. So... Geiersburg is now ready to be fielded. We are introduced to Admiral uh, Rear Admiral Mecklinger, uh, right. who is uh, described as a you know quite a for, Renaissance man. You know, for people so, not familiar, so this is the ahead, yeah. for pe- people not familiar, this is the we're going to smash our big space fortress into your big space fortress, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Get the whole sequence uh, of Mecklinger, where you know Hilda has her sick cousin, and yes. he just really is a fan of Admiral Mecklinger because he yes. loves Renaissance men. 
Mm-hmm. He thinks men who are skilled in both the military and the arts are mega cool. Yes. Like Mecklinger. Uh-huh. Um, and Cao Cao. So... <laughs> yes. Do, no do they actually... Do they, they, do they, they name do not. drop Cao Cao? Okay. They do not. I'm actually Fortunately, he gets name dropped later in this episode. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Another we'll, we'll, we'll show we'll <laughs> Another show in this slate here correctly recognizes Cao Cao as a renaissance man, but yes. it is not DNT. Uh, yes. <laughs> I do want to say it's a thing I didn't note last time, but it's extremely funny. This is, is about Kemp's it, children. This is about Gustav Kemp's children. Yes. So we are, of course, introduced to Admiral Gustav Kemp, who is the admiral who has been tasked with the with with leading commanding Geiersberg yeah. into destroying or capturing Iserlone. Uh In this version, Kemp is uh, a very large man, a very large, muscle-bound man, as as you might imagine, of a yeah. man of that personality. But most, you know, very broad face. You know, he's his adjutant. Funnily enough, is just as broad and wide as he is, <laughs> which makes it leads to me like wondering, like, does Kemp just purposely hire guys with the same physical build as him to like work as his secretaries? Guys, yeah, it's very funny. He he recruits his secretaries from the gym. Um, but Kemp, I wish I could describe his uh, his hair. Uh, you know what? Actually, he's got this, here. Just this shock of you know he's got it's it's like clean on the sides, but it's kind of frazzly and okay. So it's like he he has, he, he, has he, he so he has like a side shave, except the top is grown out like uh like kind of just. I've posted it in the Discord for you guys to see. It's it's he has it's like messy up top. It feels okay. Like it feels like it's meant to be like a high fade. Like it's supposed to be a slicked back high fade, but he doesn't right, actually right. style it. All so right. it just grows untidied like this. Anyways, so we're all like, oh, it's kind of a weird look for Kemp. It kind of looks like that, like a bush grown on top of his head. Well, whatever. I guess that's just his personal style. And then we're introduced to Kemp's two sons. Uh-huh. Uh, and... They have the same haircut. Exact same hair. The exact same hair as him. Except it's on a fucking, like, eight-year-old child. And it's like, oh, God, Kev's hair is genetic. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it looks like that. It's not a style choice. His hair literally grows like this. Of course. Or no, you know, the kids just really want to be like Dad, you know. Maybe that's You guys are really uh, selling Legend of Galactic Heroes as an exciting show here, but, uh... I I get I get oh you. Oh my I get god! You, there it is. Yeah, that's the, yes. Eero just posted his sons in the in the Discord. Yeah, uh, that that's that is pretty good. Also, they're it's wearing so little sailor oh, also, suits. Yes, the, yes, they're wearing yes the, the blue and white sailor suits. All right, because, of course. All right, refresh my memory. Are these the ones that will eventually swear? Oh yeah, blood swear vengeance. vengeance on Yang Wenli. Yes. Yes. Okay. Spoilers about Yang Kev. Wen, speaking of Yang Wenli. Uh, <laughs> He has uh, been forced to leave his post at yes. Islan Fortress because he has been recalled to The government Sin. has called him in for a court of inquiry, uh, and uh, a you know a term that's not in the uh, FPA charter or anything, uh, but it's an order from his superiors. So he still has to go. And yes, so we... and uh, we are of course introduced to um, uh, one Louis Mashengo, who has the strength oh, yeah. of ten men. Shouts uh, to that we, guy. Haven't, we haven't seen him in action yet, but it's coming. Uh-huh. Um, Always a fan. And, you know, it's it's the inquiry, right? It's the infamous inquiry of Yang Wen Lee. You know, very much the moment that truly exposes just how craven and incompetent <laughs> and corrupt the FPA leadership is. Their inability to like 
exercise their control except in the most like petty outlandish ways their inability to actually act on like important and pertinent information or recognize uh-huh, the real uh-huh. threats that are actually at their doors it's muxing you know. in its last stages yes yes essentially you know again we are the the inquiry of young is you are watching the death of a liberal democracy um can't relate but no certainly <laughs> not no i couldn't who could what, what what kind of liberal democracy would have a council of nine uh, 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 philosopher god kings who are uh, who hold their position for life and are allowed to make these huge sweeping changes in legal precedent, uh, dooming and harming uh, 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 hundreds of thousands of innocent people in their country. Yeah, no that's crazy. way. Pure fiction. Uh, as always, Legend of the Galactic Heroes feels relevant uh-huh. and important, no matter the age. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, that is true. And. <laughs> but, but you know, the inquiry itself is still a very, as frustrating as it is, you know, the moment itself, it is, as always, fun to watch people try to verbally spar with Young, and for mm-hmm. Young Wenli to just shut them down at every possible course. You know, we get, uh, DNT's version of the infamous line uh, has uh, the, the, the judge saying, uh, well, Yang Wenli, you, you you sure talk like a quite a radical uh, anarchist. Yeah. To which Yang replies, "No, actually, I'm a vegetarian," <laughs> which uh, yes. is is quite good. But uh, yeah, it's it's you know, and and yes, the episode ends with Geiersberg completing the jump and appearing literally right in front of Izerlo while Yang is away, and so. We are getting into what is probably one of my favorite like <laughs> arcs in the entire 110 episode OVA, which is uh, yes. uh, the Iserlone crew having to defend Iserlone and trick the Empire into thinking that Yang Wenli is still there <laughs> to right, psych right. them out. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Very good. Uh, we are probably going to see the Rosen Ritter in action soon, which is also very exciting. Yes, uh, they've been uh, oddly absent so far in DNT. Yes. No, you still have not confirmed what their power if they have power suits. No, right? we have seen their armor. Because it's seen in their the power opening. Armor. Yeah. Yes, they wear oh, okay. power armor. It looks like fucking shit. It's great. Oh, like, good shit. No, I mean in, in shit. Oh, you in mean a good, good way. way? Like, like compared to like the Empire power armor is literally like a fucking hard suit mech, like right. fully, like fully contained mech. Whereas right. the FPA power armor, it looks like. It's like fucking. It's like a shitty like fucking exoskeleton with like armor plates and a oh, Zaku like those eye things helmet. that we currently have that like help yeah. you pick up heavy objects. Yes, it literally, <laughs> right. literally looks like the kind of exoskeleton like prototypes you see like literally now in today's technology, right. but slightly slimmer. It's got like gigantic power cables on every limb. Uh, yep. They literally have like a fucking Zaku like heat hawk axe. It's great. It's 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 great. I'm I'm very much looking forward to these fucking shit box mechs. Uh, shit, not even mechs. Shit box power armor. Yeah. Fucking school on the Empire mechs in a few episodes. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, yeah, the but saga continues. Still good. Turns yeah. out. <laughs> still good. All right. Let's uh, move along. And I can talk about uh, Dance Dance Dancer, which made the cut from last last episode. Mm, yes. Um, this is the uh, bully who was interested in ballet, is that correct? This is the ballet mm. one, yes. Um, somewhat related note here. I did, so I caught up watching Tiger and Bunny. Hell uh, yeah. Since last time we spoke. 
and I think it gave me some perspective on some of the things that I appreciate about Dance Dance oh, Dancer really? here because the the main kid uh, Junpei has a lot of similarities with the the main new guy in Tiger and Bunny, Mister Black, uh, aka oh, uh, whatever man. his real name is. Who uh, cares? That guy sucks. Does, are you telling me the guy in Dance Dance Dancer also sucks? Or yes, <laughs> um, I kind of hate them both. And, well, it's not even kind of. I hate them both. And the, I think the difference is mm-hmm. while I hate the main character, uh, like I like the show because I like what they're doing with his character. Mm. So He sucks on purpose in a way that fits the yeah, narrative. Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to hate him quite as much as I hate him, but <laughs> the you are supposed to understand that he's, he's, he's a you know bratty, selfish little kid. And that, you know, he is trying to improve, but, you know, you don't you don't just flip a switch and become a different person overnight, right? Right. And, um, you know, when we last talked, where we left off was, you know, he finally, because, you know, he was kind of secretly doing ballet and he was embarrassed to admit it to everybody. And then finally he admits it to his friends who then basically make fun of him and disown him. And... You know, we kind of move into the next phase now where he's got to deal with that. And it's not just, you know, a perfect, clean, all right, well, now I'm just going to do ballet and we're on to the next part of the story, which is good, you know, because that's how, you know, life is. You know, right. you know, like I said, you don't just flip switches and things change, right? But yeah. Um, yeah and so he, so he gets into his, uh, you know, he he actually starts you know properly training with ballet and realizes that you don't just get up and dance. It's extremely te- <laughs> it's extremely technical. Mm-hmm. You know the you know direction your toes are pointing and like the angle of your hand and like every little detail is like mapped out right. And you know he kind of hates it, but he also loves being on stage so much that he kind of grits his teeth and perseveres through it and um. You know, it, it culminates with this, uh, you know, they, they, they've been building up to, they wanted him to play the prince in this, like, very, very, very small-time production of uh, Swan Lake. With, sure. like It's ba- basically like a right. school recital, basically. Okay. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. You know. Hey, we all got to start somewhere. And, and he's like, and it's like him and, like, him and, like, he, he's the main guy and then, like, the two, like, main supporting characters are, like, the, the, the girl that got him into the ballet and then like her cousin who's like i said was the the dancing robot right right and but but they're in they're in uh her mom's like ballet class which is all like eight-year-old girls (laughs) so like (laughs) so like they're doing this per so like i mean they're still only like 14 themselves but like you know there's a big difference between eight and 14 or whatever so they're like the stars of the show but all the supporting kids are like you know six to eight years old or something like that <laughs> that's just to give you an idea of like how small time the production is right? right but um but yeah you know so he they they do the swan lake thing and he's supposed to die and he's like laying there and he's like oh i'm having so much fun i don't want to die yet and he just gets up and starts dancing again and like kind of ruins the production in one ways because <laughs> uh, he's being a selfish brat uh-huh and uh, you know it, the the we kind of end without fully seeing the aftermath, but it, they're they're setting up the you know 
a lot of the audience who doesn't know ballet is, kind of loves it, but then like the people that know ballet are like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Of course. Um, <laughs> so they're kind of setting up, uh, you know, like in the preview, they have Junpei asking, well, you know, I I love to dance. Uh, I love being out there, but that's not ballet. Do I want to do ballet? And they're kind of getting into that kind of angle of it, of, you know. Right. So it it's interesting, you know, as, as annoying as I find the main guy, I feel like they are sufficiently, and it, it's it's like, it's pretty well written and like, I feel like they're taking the sufficient time to develop his character and not just like put this annoying guy out there and be like, Oh, but he's really passionate. So you should like him, you know? Right. Um, like I feel some other shows may be doing, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, and I feel like there's not only de- developing his character. So you understand why he's that way, but also setting up room for growth as a character. And I find that interesting, uh, overall. So, um, so yeah, I mean it's pretty good. I do still think it's starting to fall into some of like the sports anime trappings a little bit, but <laughs> well, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, I think it's finding enough of its own, you know, unique voice that I think it's pretty good. Sure, so. that's good to hear. All right, let's move on to talk about Tiger and Bunny. Hell uh, yeah, Tiger and Bunny two. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I so. Again, we should emphasize that I think there's 12 or 13 episodes out, but G and I yes. are going to be watching them like we would a normal at yeah, a normal so pace. So we are we are currently up to uh, episode five of uh, yes of what is so, available. Um, I would echo a lot of the things you said last time in catching up here. Of uh, I do absolutely love the tiger and bunny old Merrill married couple bits it's uh, so good kotetsu and barnaby <laughs> yeah. um not uh, we've already as we've already mentioned i kind of hate uh mr black yeah and, the new guys i mean i don't i mean i don't really care for all of them but black is right. definitely the but worst but he's, he's the one uh, that's like the most prominent getting the screen time right yes yes he's because his he's, partner uh <laughs> the hilariously named i am thomas he's yeah. I hate him too, but he's not on screen that much. Right, and the other one, the idol girl, might as well not exist. Yeah, she's like, barely I feel like, like. Yeah, she'll pop in for like. So I, I'm totally different on her because she just basically doesn't exist. But uh, yeah, so but the old cast, everything to do with the old cast is fucking gold. It's, yes, it's, and it's uh, as they're, they're gold as Ryan. <laughs> making making the rounds here yep. uh, as we're hitting the rest of the the old cast. And I I truly love this format. Off. Of just every episode so far is just focusing on a different duo. Yeah. In in this so, new buddy system they've established. The 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 first one we had was uh Fire Emblem and Sky High, who are like the most popular team yeah, right now, yeah. right? And uh, uh, I G, I th- <laughs> Go yeah. go go ahead on this one, G. I truly love the Fire Emblem and Sky High episode because like I mean, I really fucking fell in love with Fire Emblem as a character after I kind of talked about it before, his, like, kind of magnificent moment in the, in the movie. Right. And Sky High is just so fun because, you know, it is fun to just have a character who is an unironic Superman type, who just legitimately believes in what he's doing. And has, and somehow his, rather than coming off as, like, you know, a Mary Sue or something, his perfectness kind of just increases his gap moe appeal honestly <laughs> like it right 
it works so well, and I so love that the episode is basically the bit I did on our Galactic Heroes podcast years ago about how you wouldn't want to date Siegfried Kirkyeyes because he'd be too perfect. You'd feel like you constantly couldn't live up to his expectations. Mm-hmm, and that's right. exactly the conflict of the episode is Fire Emblem is like, dude, I can't keep up with Sky High. He's too perfect. Right. Like, they're, he invites like they're me that, out. <laughs> they're having that conversation with uh, where they're talking to um, Kotetsu and Barnaby trying to explain. And they're like, Oh, so he did this, and they're like, "No, no, he's great at that." Like that's he's, yeah. <laughs> that's, and they eventually come to the conclusion of no, he's just too perfect. Uh, yes, yeah, like it's just it's unbelievably tiring to to live up to the ideal, like the 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 altruistic ideal that Sky High sets, right? And you know, of course, Sky High accidentally overhears the conversation, and so Fire Emblem and Sky High are like in a weirdly tense place, you know, a little bit of an awkward working relationship for the next few days. And, uh, you know, naturally it all culminates in, ah, shit, we gotta do hero stuff. And, you know, when it matters most, Fire Emblem and Sky High are still, uh, you know, the best duo in the biz. Which is very funny. Also, they establish that, like, even though Tiger and Bunny were the first superhero duo, that Fire Emblem and Sky High have already far eclipsed them in popularity. <laughs> right. It's really right. funny. Like, they're, like, already the promotion and, like, the advertising is, ah, Fire Emblem and Sky High, the pinnacle of, right. of buddy duos. friendship, of the, the ultimate hero duo. It's very... They show, like, the, uh, there's one shot where they show, like, people taking, like, buying posters of the heroes and like the, yeah. the Fire oh, yeah, Emblem sure. Sky High posters are all like gone and there's still yeah. plenty of uh, Kotetsu and Barnaby uh, posters yeah, it's, left it's, or whatever. It's, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it all culminates in, yeah, Fire Emblem Sky High, when the when the stakes are real, they still work together. They're, just, they're the best duo in the biz and we get a very fun moment where uh, Sky High admits the reason he had been avoiding Fire Emblem the last couple of days is not because he was mad at Fire Emblem or anything like that. It's because he had to spend the last two days thinking of what flaws he had. <laughs> and the answer is very few. In fact, yeah. as far as Sky High can determine, his only flaw is that he doesn't like the taste of celery. Oh, and he eats takeout pizza sometimes. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, oh my god. And, oh my god, yes, yes. Sky High has two dogs, two golden retrievers, of course. One is named John, the other is named John John. Uh, <laughs> one might say John too. Yes, it's no. so good. No, we wouldn't. We would say John John. John we would say John okay. John. Yep. In the same way as that, the one guy's name is I am Thomas. Yes, uh, it's so yeah. good. Right, understood. But um, also, it's very funny because like. I'm sure people have seen that, like, that meme that gets passed around sometimes of, like, when Superman has to fly Batman around, mm-hmm. how do they, like, uh, what, hold him? What, like, what physical configuration do they hold, right? Like, does he carry right. him under the arms? Does he... Fireman carry... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the answer for Fire Emblem and Sky High is that Fire Emblem sits on top of, like, Sky High while he's, like, flying horizontally Superman style, basically riding him, like... I don't know, a horse or something. <laughs> right. It's very, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, 
the pattern continues in episode yes. five. Yes, this time it's time for uh, Antonio Lopez, aka Rock Bison. Uh-huh. Yes, and uh, and uh, Origami Cyclone. I don't remember right. his real name. <laughs> I just the, uh, know he's Russian. Yeah. So the all right. Yeah. The the big the big strong dude and the tiny sneaky Fast dude. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're a duo. And uh, unfortunately, they're also going through some marital woes as well because I mean, it's unfor- kind of the same pattern. If we're being it's honest, little, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's like literally oh, the same a, plot. <laughs> it's the same plot. Plot of just like, oops, one hero said something kind of rude to the other, and now we got to figure out how to make them friends again. Except this time, it's a little bit more fucked up because Anto- uh, uh, Rock Bison is like making fun of Origami Cyclone's hero name. Right? He's like, mm-hmm. "Why do you call yourself a cyclone? You're more like a soft breeze." <laughs> You know, because uh-huh. right. and and Origami Cyclone takes this super fucking badly because yeah. it turns out that his name is actually like connected to like his tragic backstory oh and is like core to his personal identity, and it's kind of the back and forth thing of like. Rock Bison shouldn't have said that, but also Origami Cyclone. This is the first time you have literally ever told any of us <laughs> right your backstory. <laughs> like how? Like how are we to, to be know? fair. How were any of us to know, like, you know, open communication is important in a relationship, right? Like, you know, again, it's the thing that like, Kotetsu and Barnaby are serving as, like, the old married couple giving advice to these new married couples. Except that, like, Kotetsu gives advice and then Barnaby's like, hold on a second, you never do that with me. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Peak uh, married couple sitcom comedy. Yeah, here. like one of Kotetsu's advices is like, you just gotta take him out for a drink. You know, like that's what friend. You know, that's what good partners do. Is that you know they 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 share meals, they have drinks together. And Barnaby's like, hold on a second, you have never taken me out for a drink. <laughs> he <laughs> brought him the double drinks. waters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they seem uh. to have forgotten that. Speaking of, I am now convinced that was intentional because in this episode. Um, Kotetsu hands Rock Bison a bottle of water, and it is not the PP Water brand. It is a different <laughs> brand of water. PP yeah. Water is only for partners. Right. Yeah, partner partner water. <laughs> right. You you only give perfect uh, partner water. Yeah. PP Water to the people that you're very close and intimate with. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Show's no, great. The, <laughs> yeah, I. I I, I didn't think this episode was as strong as the uh, the, the Not previous as one, because it was kind of the same exact thing with you know some of the details swapped around. Yeah, I, I think but, like like it, it doesn't work as well because like Blue Rose and Gold Ryan's conflict is different from Fire Emblem and Sky Highs, so there's a fun contrast between why the two couples are fighting. Right, which that but also Rock- follows the same for <laughs> follow the same format, but. But Kinda, yes, yes. It, it's a different relationship, right? Yeah, but but Rock Bison, Origami Cyclone kind of just feels like a rehash of Fire Emblem and, and Sky High. The, the, I'd say the only like real difference is like because of their different personalities, right? Because Rock Bison is like this big, you know, muscle bound, boisterous guy. Like when they finally like. You know, like it, it basically ends with him like shirtless and stopping a bank robbery. Right. Uh, and so, like, by the end, you know, they're doing the fucking, like, you know, uh, 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 predator, like, uh, uh, hand, you know, hand clasp, you know, sort of thing. 
and like they're doing like toku poses in a fucking like abandoned alley next to the bank robbery they just stopped to reaffirm their relationship right which uh is is a pretty good moment yeah so uh, there's yeah go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead and finish on that one uh, i was gonna say the last thing i'll say is uh, we talked about this off air uh, there's a very funny moment, right, where, like, Kotetsu and Barnaby are trying to give Rock Bison advice on how to make up with Origami Cyclone. And fucking speaking of uh, guys who suck, uh, yeah, Mr. Black walks in, and he's just like, man, you fucking shitty old men, like, just keep talking in circles. Like, the way you apologize to somebody is you just talk to them directly, and you compliment them. And, uh, yeah. you know... There's a great part where everything much worse. Yes, there's a great part, of course. There, there's one throwaway gag where when they're called old men, uh, Barnaby looks at Kotetsu. <laughs> Kotetsu's like, "Sorry," he's like, right. "Sorry, you're an old man now." <laughs> right. But uh, yes, he so he so so Black tries to show. So you see, watch this when uh, Origami Cyclone comes in, and Black tries to compliment Origami Cyclone's name in like the most blatant like. Just patronizing like, sort patronizing of, way, yeah. but also it's super obvious that Black doesn't know fucking anything about Origami Cyclone. So he's just like, man, Origami Cyclone, what a cool name. Nobody would ever make fun of that name. I mean, Cyclone's like, uh, a, like a, like a strong wind. Yeah. And, and Origami is c- cultured. <laughs> it's just. Right. Makes the whole situation just, like, a hundred times worse. And then he's like, glad I could fix everything, and then walks away, right? Yeah, it's a fucking piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I hate that guy. Um, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, so I guess with, um, most of the old cast out of the way now, I guess, who do we have left? Like, the, the Kung Fu Kid and, Dragon uh, Kid and the Idol Girl is the last unexplored duo, so... Right, so I, I suspect that we'll probably get them, and then... Unfortunately, I feel like we're going to get into the... The actual main plot, yes. The actual main plot. And I feel like that's where things are going to suck. <laughs> what, you're not you're not excited for Mads Mikkelsen raising two, like, twinkish superhero, like, okay. hero-killing villain twins? First okay. of all, they totally ripped their shtick from uh, Adam and Eve in Near Automata. Yes, it is so Adam and <laughs> Eve. Right. It's literally the same... They're literally the same character. Yeah, uh, like characters. White-haired, um, like, twins. One's uh-huh. got long hair, one's got short hair. And they got mirrored outfits. I, I do think one of the... So, you know, rewatching, You know, watching these episodes and coming back to Tiger and Bunny here, like, 12 years later or whatever. I was reminded of the good things I liked that we talked mm-hmm. about. It's also reminded that... Um, I think the generally the writing on the show is kind of bad. Like it's going for very simplistic. Like I think I think it's supposed to be going for like very simplistic, you know, you know big comic book type of, you know, yeah. feel, but a lot of times it just comes off as very undercooked cuz yeah. I I've, I feel like they try to go more complicated places. And then, but they're trying to write it like a very, like, simple, like, almost like a kid's comic book or something, right? And yeah. they don't have the nuance to pull off a lot of the things that they try to do sometimes. No, once they get, when they get outside, of, pretty much when they get outside of anything that's not like Hotetsu and Barnaby's relationship. Um, 
and and when it's when it's like the the kind of fun sitcomy workplace comedy bits, it works fine. It's it's yeah. great. When they attempt to do anything even remotely serious, completely falls flat. Like they completely, just completely. They I, I I'm just not interested at all. They and, just don't know how to do it. Like like and, it's it's. Yeah, I started flashing back to the second half yeah. of the first season. No, totally. and... Like the, the the twin villains, like once they actually properly show up to fight the heroes, I I suspect that is where Tiger and Bunny's like ad, 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 admittable flaws will probably start to crop up, right? Because yeah. for better or worse, the show is at its best when it's a workplace comedy, and anytime it strays from being a workplace comedy is where it's sort of, as you said, yeah, it falls apart. So yeah. you know, I think we. I I agree with you, Jill. I I am I, dreading it, but you know, yeah. I'm just I'm I and you know I hope they prove me wrong, but I'm just afraid that dark days may be ahead for mm, us. I, I I I would probably agree. But, let's uh, let's uh let's enjoy <laughs> let's enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> exactly. Here, so well that'll be a another another discussion for another day. Let's yeah. uh. Well, how about an anime where we were all uh, completely proven wrong about our <laughs> speculation? Yep, I will all be right. pro on this one. Let's talk about Birdie Wing Golf's Girl Story. And to refresh everyone's memory, we uh, were talking about this last episode, how maybe the show was kind of holding back a little bit, kind of yeah, dialing yeah. things down, not quite as wild as uh, what we got in the first uh-huh. episode. I'm on record. I said when I saw the golf, the randomly generated golf course in the next episode preview and i i'm on tape i said uh oh that's yeah. probably at the golf school that they showed and eve is gonna have to go to golf school and we're instead, gonna do golf school with Allie and instead if you had told me that this episode episode's plot intrinsically hinged <laughs> on a goth girl's hallucinogenic titty sweat <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I would have believed you. That, that that's Christ. after we had the transforming golf course that required like re-terraforming a portion of the earth. Uh, yes, we're 18 to... floors down. We're in the basement. I mean, that when they show the shot of like having to release water out of the dam. Like, yeah, I mean that transformation Mazinger, sequence yeah. is like fucking straight out of like yeah, launching like Mazinger Z or like fucking. You know, all the component parts of Gao Gai Gar are, are showing up or some shit, right? <laughs> it's it's some real, Like, it really does remind you, oh, yeah, this is Sunrise. Or, you know, the studio formerly known as Sunrise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um... But, yeah, the plot itself is that uh, in exchange for uh, Eve getting into the tournament, she has to represent um, the mob that patroned her Yo. in a... Uh, High stakes, yes. you know, one round golf game against a rival mob and their chosen champion of choice, the yeah. big titty, uh, goth golf GF, uh, Viper. Yep. Viper, Viper the and, Reaper. Uh, yes, Viper the Reaper, who is this? Uh, <laughs> I mean, big. She's literally a big titty goth GF. Um, golf you know, GF. she's got a. She's got a. Yes, big titty golf GF. Uh, yes. <laughs> she. Uh, she's got a long tongue and a thousand yard stare and a. You know, just an uh, open vest and oh, a very open jumpsuit. You know, with a zipper that goes all the way down. Ridiculous. Like it's it's truly absurd. They're leaning so hard into like how trashy this show is. Yes, yes, and so uh, they they are they play their match 
And even though Eve is, like, clearly the superior golfer, she keeps somehow missing these key shots, which uh, causes them to tie on the hole, which leads to repeated, yeah, like, rounds death, of yeah. sudden death. <laughs> Where they have to re- reshape the golf course every Yes, time. and they reshape the yeah, golf course every time. generated golf course, you know. Yes, until Eve finally figures out that uh, the pair... The pair's sweat or pheromones or, or odor, or something. her perfume has, uh, like, it's thrown enough, off her internal balance. Yes, ha- ha- literally has enough of a hallucinogenic effect to slightly alter your your internal sense of balance. Yes, and uh, is thrown off her shots, it's and so pretty... finally Eve turns it around by holding her breath while golfing. Yeah. It's it's uh, pretty it's pretty wild. Like yes, it's going from what wild. we were we were expecting, like oh now we're just gonna have boring golf tournaments or whatever. To that was pretty great. Um, yes, but to me I the best say, part of the episode. Oh, sorry, oh go no, ahead, go Peter. ahead, Peter. Yeah. I was just gonna say like the um, when I'm watching that episode, I I figured out the what happened pretty quickly oh, oh yeah, yeah. She, she like, keeps, like, especially considering eve yeah. just says oh you're heavily perfumed right and she keeps like, sidling up and unzipping her jumpsuit and then zipping right. it back up right like yeah <laughs> yeah in some ways i love i love that it's that obvious to those like see i i i prefer to imagine it's not perfume it's just it's it's her <laughs> titty sweat. Her natural, i'm sorry uh... guys it's her natural odor she just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, they call me Vipare because I'm just naturally poisonous. Yeah, well, would, would it be out of course for this show? Yeah. You just said, ah, she was genetically modified. She's got, I wouldn't, she's got venom sacks. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet, I wouldn't bat an eyelash at that. Um, uh, so we got to get to my favorite part of the episode, though. Yes, because <laughs> all of that was just, all of that was just a prelude to the actual part, best part of the episode. <laughs> So so Eve was uh, made a promise to yeah, Aoi that they they were gonna have a golf date at you know like five a.m. the next morning, but you know Eve Eve wins the match and and uh, <laughs> they have to race back to uh, the golf course to have this match and she doesn't make it in time and all she finds when she gets to the course is the is it is uh always signature pac-man golf ball with a tear yeah on it and it's his liar on the other side Tears of Pac-Man. oh my, oh my and, god and, and and but 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 she's it's not too late i always still on on the plane the plane's taking off and so eve hits a golf ball like fast enough to catch up to the plane so that it's she's so good it. It's uh, so good. The tears of Pac-Man. It's the most. Have, it's the most. You launch a golf ball. At I for a second legitimately thought she was trying to down the plane. I, I did too, ball. actually. Like she was going to ground the plane <laughs> but, to prevent uh, it from taking off. I don't know. It was. The, it's the most romantic thing I've seen this season. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's absurd. Without question, truly so, um, so good. And then the next episode, also they really go good. into VR. <laughs> yeah, so the the next episode. I, so I I want to emphasize when we say that the show is like deranged and chaotic. Um, it's not that I don't think it's just that they're doing like bizarre things, but no, it's not random. Like there's there's an intentionality to how like absurd the yeah. events are. Well, yes, but but also it kind of is like 
there, there are like like how we go from one point to another a lot of times is just like absurd. Like um, so like in this episode, like VR comes up because uh like Eve's uh you know big sis character is yeah. like. Hey, have you ever tried VR? <laughs> and then they're like, right? Oh, but no, you see, she was paid off to say that. Right. Yeah, but it was just like, like or it the, comes out of nowhere. Like, the, yeah, it comes out of nowhere. And then, like, when the episode ends, they're like, you know, they're taking away the, they're they're, they're shutting down the the bar or whatever, and like they're yes. just like, it's that again, uh, you know, that mobile game ad energy that uh, I was talking about earlier right. I just like every episode ends on like an increasingly like fucked up cliffhanger, right? Yeah. Um, and then the, the first frame of the next episode preview just makes you go, "What is happening?" Is is just a dude shooting an RPG? Yeah, like apropos of nothing. Yep, like just is in it. <laughs> we lost the orphanage. Guy shooting. Guy shoots a rocket launcher. Have to golf that rocket out of the air. It's the only way. Oh man, yeah. Also, shout outs to Lily. Yep. Uh the the sort of red haired kind of tag along uh orphan slash sister yeah. of Eve, who uh is just continues the joke of her being a big gunplay nerd. She oh, yeah. is building a nineteen ninety nine high grade turn A Gundam. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the barns to the turn A it's, Gundam. And and we also at the same time get confirmation that Lily is responsible for painting all of Eve's golf balls right, with the, the wing, wing yeah. like insignia, right. which is just a very funny like contrivance. <laughs> the the birdie wing logo, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure Aoi's Golf Company just has a deal with with Bamco and you know gets those the gets oh, those yeah, Pac Man oh, those screen are printed, printed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 very good. Right. But, uh, the the VR the VR bit itself is also quite fun, just because like, just like apropos of nothing, like it's just like, well, Eve's got to go downtown to the vaguely Tokyo-looking section of the fictional European nation of Nefrese, uh-huh. where there's an the Akihabara-esque arcade. Sega arcade in the middle of it with a big right. VR, VR booth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the fucking X-Men Danger Room ass like set up here, you know, to play golf and uh yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's so fucking good. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Um Peter, as someone who has not had a chance to talk about the show yet, what have your impressions been up to now? Uh, largely the same, I must admit. Um <laughs> I I um I was a bit late coming into it. I think I um uh, yeah, I think I was a couple of weeks late before, before I watched episode one, uh, but I, which I only did because everyone was saying, hey, this show is ridiculous and amazing. And I was like, okay. I mean, to be let's... fair, it's an easy one to sleep on. I think most of us did, had yeah. zero idea that this right. show was going to be what it was before it, before it came out. Right. I think yeah. the extent of my thoughts on the show was I think I saw the trailer one time and went, oh, look, Shar and Amaro's voice actors are both on this show. That's goofy. <laughs> And then I immediately put it out of mind. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then that first that first episode hits, and it's like, what is happening? Right. right. I um, um I am hoping that this show gets dubbed. I don't say that often. <laughs> because yeah. I want to show it to my dad. <laughs> because my is dad goes golfing every weekend. Oh man! And oh, is goodness. part of like a local club, and um, 
has like a handicap and well, I don't know how it works, but I right. want to watch it with him because I see what he like, thinks. Yeah, like here, Dad, what do you what do you think of this strategy of <laughs> knocking a branch out of a out of a out of a out of, a, out of the, the forest area of a golf course the first time around, so that on your second shot you can just drive it line drive straight I mean, through the forest. That that's the thing we we were talking about in the in in our Discord chat. We were talking about um, how they actually have a, a golf consultant on this, which and, is. Right. And I, I did notice that whenever they show like the, the numbers of how like hard Eve is hitting the ball, like yeah. it's still within the realm of human possibility, despite what it looks right. like. Just also, like, you're smashing a branch off of a tree, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's like, but, but as far like as Eve, like the numbers yeah. go, like Eve's line drive is like what, like maybe yards, it's like it's like in the top ten, like yeah. I mean, she would still be like near. Right, she'd still be like near world record levels of right. driving. But the I ball, do but... love that they're like, oh no, no, she's not better than the best real life golfer. She's just merely, you know, within world. She's just merely world class. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the the golf the golf consultant is earning their check uh, on that, I yes. guess. But, yeah. Yeah. God, what a what a fun show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into our. All comedy block here, oh, I guess. Yep. Here we go. The comedy block. Oh, we got a uh, all of the all of the big the the big comedies or what I'm going to call. It. Well, you know what? As we get into Aharon San here, mm-hmm. I think it, it is starting to get some traction. Okay. Uh, when, I've when, seen when, I've seen a number of the, screenshots with people holding guns. Yes. <laughs> no, but I, I'm starting to see it around more. I think I think word of mouth is getting around that this is a pretty pretty solid show okay um i think uh there's some good examples of how this series how the the comedy is like putting very subtle different spins on obvious jokes so like for example in uh the first episode in this block uh Har- haran gets into pokemon go or like it's fake sure. pokemon go of course um, right. I think it's like Pokemon Ho- KO or something like that. Right? Uh huh. All right. Okay, KO. And rather than just be, being like, "Oh, she got into Pokemon Go," it's what if you got into Pokemon Go in 2022 when it's years past its prime? Oh God! <laughs> Every gym is ruled by like some some yeah, they, psycho who's been playing since launch and they, yeah, they don't go too far into that. But like the main guy is like, "Oh, well, I haven't played this game in years, but I did play a lot, so I'll bet my like." Um, you know, super powerful whatever that I had back then would would wipe the floor with her, and then he proceeds to get his ass beat. But um, power creep, power creep. <laughs> yeah. So you know they they find new ways to spin those things. Although I think the best, I think the best part of that joke is when he summons his Pokemon. Uh-huh. It starts playing like almost uh, note for note the actual Pokemon music. theme. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but like they they like change just enough to make it like legally viable where you can deny it in legally course. distinct from blue pokemon theme right but it's like very obviously the pokemon theme i always love when that happens um and then like in the latest episode they do the they they basically pull try to pull off what looks like a twin joke where he sees somebody that looks exactly like a haren at the arcade but it's clearly not her. 
and he's like kind of just tagging along with them or whatever and you're like oh well, this is it's going to be like it's her twin sister or something like that and they're like um <laughs> they're like no this is actually my little brother who's actually in ele- elementary school oh instead uh, of just this is very tiny yeah cuz they're playing off the joke that she looks like an elementary schooler sure sure and uh you know this is my little brother and they, they actually even and i i'll be clear they don't make the fact that he's dressing up as a girl a joke because like they actually even have like this really um kind of sweet moment after the credits where he's like trying on all her clothes and she's like why are you why do you like trying on my clothes and they're like because they're really cute should i stop and she's like nope and just gives him a hug and it's a very sweet Mm. moment so you know that's not the joke but you know they're kind of playing off of the joke all along has been you know aharan is looks like an elementary schooler and rather than like just bringing oh it's her twin sister who has a different personality it's like they put a spin on it so sure anyway uh that show continues to be a lot of fun um unfortunately the the rap in haran was last episode <laughs> so it did not line up quite line up <laughs> with with this block of episodes which uh well we might as well get into <laughs> because there's a lot of rap oh to God. talk about i'm sorry i need to i need to I looked up the uh, <laughs> I looked up the Pokemon clip at Aharon wins with the the noted uh, fear strategy. Ah, yes, <laughs> yes, of course, of course, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, it's yeah. it's pretty good. It's it's real good. They 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 know what they're doing. But um, but yeah. So I've let's talk about Aharon San. Um, I've only seen episode one, and it bounced right off me. Um, I, I don't know if I should tr- pick it back up again. Yeah, it is, like, very, very dry. Like, um, and I've talked about how the, like, the main characters are both, like, very quiet, which is an interesting way to go about it. So, like, a lot of the humor is, like, very, like, deadpan, kind of dry humor. Um, and there is, um... Like, I'm usually kind of picking out some of the highlight jokes. There is, like, a lot of, like, kind of just them kind of bumming around, not doing much. So, I can understand, uh, you know, how maybe not everybody would take to it right away. But I, th- I think the, uh, I just really like the, the the sense of humor that they have with it. But I can totally get how that would just kind of not be for everybody. Um. But yeah, I, I'd recommend giving it another episode, though, if if it sounds at all interesting. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give that a shot. Um, oh, to be fair, there's a lot of great comedies this season. You know? yeah. So, like, yeah, the bar is very high straight, so this season as well. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's probably something there for some, you know, there's, there's something in here for, 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 for everybody, right? You know, one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking uh, of right. bars... Yeah, yeah, speaking of bars. <laughs> Let's get speaking into Speaking of 96 a... bars, oh, my goodness. <laughs> your boy Kong Ming. It's your boy. Um, we finally get into... Bars. When we left off, ah. Kong, Kong yes. Ming was looking for this underground rapper kid who he finally finds, and yes. we kind of enter his mini arc. Yes, Kabataijin. Yes. Three-time a... king of the rap battle game uh-huh. in... At least this one specific neighborhood of Tokyo, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did get my wish that I said in the preview episode: Is Kong Ming going to rap? 
and he does. He sure did. I, I will say the reason why I say 96 bars is because I don't think Kong Ming's rapping was very good. <laughs> I mean, it. I'll be frank, his rapping serves the purpose of being the opponent for Kabataijin to overcome. Yes. But, like, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, that rap battle being even remotely close it was is, not like, even close. utterly no. laughable when, yeah. like, Kabataijin is... I'm not I'm not even out here saying Kabataijin is, like, amazing. Like, he's not... He's certainly no, like, he's not, like, Yano tier or anything. Like, if we're talking about, like, rappers in anime, but... But he's actually he's rapping he's as opposed to... He's good. He's to... actually... He's actually, like, his bars are solid. His And he's actually, like, you know, working well with what he's got. Unfortunately, what he's got is not much because the beat they laid over this rap battle was... <laughs> adequate, I suppose. Perfunctory. Perfunctory, yes. Clearly, yes. hip-hop and rap are not uh, this show's composer's strong suit. Um... But, like, the bars themselves... Uh, Quite solid, like, and, yeah. and yeah. the fact that they committed to a rap battle of this absurd length and dedicated like most of the episode to right, it, it was a solid like ten minutes, is like very impressive. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Kong Ming's actual rapping was garbage. Um, you can't. <laughs> There's a difference between rapping and talking fast. In fact, um, I would say that I would I would show the rap battle between Kong Ming and Kabataijin as a great example to people who are not familiar with rapping to sit, to show them. Okay, look, that guy is just like sing talking quickly. That dude's actually rapping. Right. <laughs> he actually has a flow with the beat. Yeah. And, right. Um. But I mean, I, you know, it, thematically it works, right? Like, yes. Totally. Totally. Yes. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I still come away I, from the I, episode I, largely pleased with it. I will say, even if the rapping from Kong Ming wasn't good, I appreciated that he came in talking spicy. Like, oh, true, true, yeah. He, he did because he, I thought because you know he's supposed to be you know historically a very diplomatic, smooth talking type of character, and he's yeah. like, you know, oh, is your stomach hurt? Boo hoo! You're gonna quit? You know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I appreciated that he still came in with that energy he, he for go, for a battle he rap. Talk shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and and uh, some and and Kabe had some pretty good, bar, like like I mean we're we're talking battle rap on like a PA works PA works anime standard. Right. Here, yes. He had yes. Some, like there's a specific like standard we're working with here. You know, no, he had some I, solid bars where he was like, you know, yeah. oh you think you're Kong Ming while I'm Buddha basically. That was right, my you know? favorite yeah. one. Yeah. I think. Really yeah. Good. That was really. Uh, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. I do like that the start of a one of the episodes here. Is like basically it's like one could argue that Cao Cao was the originator of rapping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that right. Was like, uh, Cao Cao. Short song right. style. Yeah, short that was, song style. That was like um, Iro. You'll appreciate uh, Classicaloid when they were implying that Franz Schubert might have originated. Uh... I'm sure. I mean, that was just it's a song, and then people put words over the song right, they were, that right. were not quite lyrics. Well, it was the pro- they, they were setting the up. They were, I mean, they were setting up the twist in that episode. Also, I mean, also that is still similar... like the enduring moment of class Lily to me. So, yes, but um, <laughs> but, uh... but yeah, no, I think I think this was this was good. Um, I guess my only thing with this show in general is because the bar is so high this season. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it is kind of like below. It's not on the same tier as the top tier shows, which we're going to get to. But right. there are some real heavyweight, you know, 
gorillas in this uh and, in this and i do feel like maybe it spins its wheels a little more than i would like yeah i, I would agree i think the kabataijin arc like it makes sense that it's two episodes but also it doesn't feel like it's worthy of taking two episodes well that's that the thing it's, it's kind of almost three episodes because we were we oh, were God, working yeah, on this yeah. yes, beforehand right. that's right like, uh, yeah, it's it's I think like I don't know like either they should have added more or taken some out and like just like done two episodes yeah because it's it like it, if it was legitimately only two episodes you know I think that would have worked maybe a little bit better yeah. but um I'm still enjoying it a lot though oh yeah um, sure yeah. yeah definitely it's 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 been a lot of fun uh, yeah Kong Ming continues to be a very fun character in this show uh, it's it's very. <laughs> it's just enjoyable to see this character recontextualized in such a such a different way. <laughs> yeah. Um Peter, I have to ask how many songs from the show have you put on your radio show so far? Uh exactly zero. Ah. Because um so it, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> okay. The opening theme Yes. Chitty yes. Chitty Bang Bang. Um, has only they've only released the TV sized version of it for sale, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I don't usually play the the short versions. Um, although right. funny enough, last night we played the Trigun opening, which they are, was only ever one minute version. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the ending theme is out in a few weeks, uh, mm-hmm. and all of the insert songs I'm assuming will be released on either a standalone album, which may also include the opening theme, or they're gonna bundle with uh, the CDs with the Blu-rays and right. I can see that because that because uh. that that does happen sometimes, and uh, it frustrates me no end because it means that. I have to get a hold of Blu-rays in theory, right? And you also want to play them while while they're hot, right? Like this is the yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have been considering getting just the short version, of saying, "Look, it's going to we're going to play the short version until a full one comes out." But I... they have got a soundtrack coming out soon right. as well, um, mm. and mm. they've not announced the track listing for that. So I'm hoping that the opening is on the soundtrack, yeah. but. We'll that is I would hope that's so. interesting because I feel like I thought, well, I guess it's not consistent. I feel like the trend I've actually been seeing in the last couple of years is like the full version of anime OPs getting released like quicker. Like yeah. I definitely remember, like you know, five ten years ago, you did not get the full the version show's of over. an OP oh, yeah. until the show is over. Yeah. Right. Whereas like now it's like you might see the full version OP release like a month after it starts airing. Uh, right. I feel like we're getting a pretty quick turnaround on some of that stuff. So it is similarly. I feel like this is this maybe last season and this season as companies have finally started going. Oh, we should just put up our own videos of the opening uploads. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it turns out it's really good marketing. Yeah. It turns out it's actually really dumb to keep trying to take down people uploading your OP because your OP might actually be your strongest like advertising tool. Weird. Keep taking yeah. down the uh, 60 frame interpolated ones though. Oh yeah, those ones suck. Go ahead yeah. and take those down. You're doing everyone a favor there. 
I mean, I feel like this is an OP that would sell the show if I I mean I was yes. already sold on it. I think it did. I think it has, right? I mean, hasn't the OP yeah. like oh, gone huge, yeah. pretty viral in a lot of spaces? Yeah. Yeah. So is this weird Chinese dude doing a wacky dance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um one thing about the ending, by the way. I don't know if uh, if you That's, noticed that um so no one, Cabotaging uh, uh, has uh a, a section of the ending now. Yes. Yeah. I know, uh, yeah. It's it's neat that they're bringing him in. I wonder if uh, we're gonna get an evolving uh, song mm. as uh, mm-hmm. more members get added to Kong Ming's uh, cabinet right. of musicians. So uh, um, I I can confirm that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the OP seems well. There's one more character in the OP we haven't met yet formally, so yeah. we can certainly make our. Yeah. Uh, our assumptions. So G- the track listing for the CD for the ending theme has been released. And, okay. Uh, track one ah. is track one is Aiko and Kome. Track two is uh, Aiko Kome and Kabataijin. Uh, and track okay. three is the three and someone else. And then track four is the instrumental. Sure, gotcha. that makes sense. Yeah. I did. I did get a picture. Of, I looked up Kabataijin's voice actor, and he voiced uh, one Shin Noze in '86. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Did, did they did they bring in somebody else to do the rap for him like they did for no Aiko, not for but... him really oh, okay damn shit can shin shit spitting bars out here all right what's he, yeah what's he what's he doing well, fighting in a spider mech for his life i guess uh <laughs> speaking of uh voice actors and actresses spitting bars um well yes God. yes <laughs> all right let's all right. I, yeah let's talk about uh Kaguya-sama, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, I will, I will Ultra say, Romantic. I, I've not been watching Kaguya, but I, I did end up seeing the, the rap parts, and maybe I should watch Kaguya-sama. <laughs> yeah, maybe Kaguya-sama. Yeah. It's not like, like I, anime. right, it just kind of, I, it's not like I didn't like what I, I know, saw, I it's know. just like, didn't get, end up on it. Oh, no, it's not usually your kind of show, Iroh, but yeah, right. yeah. I think, I think, I mean, Kaguya is like the goat, right? Yeah, this point, like right? season so, like, one is still out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's. Right. I, I, yeah, I think it's a very fun. Yeah, like I mean, it's, 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 it's. I think there's a reason why we say like maybe. It doesn't have the absolute highest highs of, of of all the comedies we've ever watched on the Gloria blog, but it is definitely like the most consistent. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's consistent and well-rounded, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, in this of... uh, this block, <laughs> we've we've kind of come back to the. Uh, the standard cast mix-ups where, you yes. know, in one episode we had uh, Kaguya and Ishigami paired off. And, you know, I want to give that episode its credit before we get I to... I do, I do. I, I actually rather like it. Uh, I, I, yeah. I appreciate the joke of, like, Ishigami's, like, don't worry, Kaguya. I got... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess to what Tsubame Senpai, and uh, it's gonna blow her socks off. I got this great idea. It's called like the Flower a Day Plan or some shit. Right. And Kagu is just like that's like the most fucking deranged, fucked up thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you fucking creep. Like, do you think any girl would find this romantic? Like, yeah. Like, um, I'm just gonna leave an anonymous flower on her desk every day without a note. Like. <laughs> I'm just going to note that I had a friend tell me to do that one time. Oh my god, um, seriously? When, when, I, when we were about that age. Um, oh, just going to throw that. I did not do it. I was like, okay. hell no. Um, but um, I do like no. it's funny because I think that this episode and even the next episode are getting into this interesting dynamic of like, ironically, Kaguya and Shirogane are like actually fairly good at giving advice to people that are not each other. Right? <laughs> like when... 
Right. <laughs> when it doesn't directly involve them. In they can't think state. clearly in their own uh, yes. situation. But right? they're actually fairly rational and, like, compassionate when dealing with literally anybody else. And th- this has been an ongoing thing when they when they kind of yeah. split off and, uh, you know, Kaguya kind of helping the Ishigami uh, redemption plan and, yes. you know, trying to help him get his, you know, self-esteem back and all that. Right. And... I really did appreciate that, right? It kind of... You know, this episode might be like the anime version of that one episode of The Simpsons where Bart tries to study for his tests, right? <laughs> like, where Ichigami's like, you know what? I'm going to actually put in the real work. I'm going to do it, right? right? And, like, the very, like, bittersweet tragedy, like, sorry, dude, if you, like, didn't study your whole life, studying now is, like, right. you're going to see, like, an improvement, but it will probably be a pretty marginal improvement. Right. Uh, it takes time. I, it takes time, right? And I do like that, right? Like, that Kaguya has clearly not given up on Ishigami, right? Even after, you know, he still right. failed his, like, midterm exams. She's still like, but you did improve, and that's what matters. And what's important is that you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and they, and they I, I like, I, I like that she says, yeah. I like that she says, you know, just don't just do it because you want to get a girl. Do it for yourself, right? Like, yes, yes, that too, right? Like, trying to motivate yourself for an ideal, perhaps a potentially unattainable ideal, can <laughs> very quickly backfire on you, uh, let me just say. Right. And uh, I do like they still fit in a pretty good joke there of, like, they, they're doing the, they do the, of the repeating bit of, like, everybody has something to say about midterm exams, and then the narrator immediately interjects with, he's lying, what he actually wants is <laughs> right, so-and-so, yeah. so, right? <laughs> and so, like, you know, Shirogane's, like, uh, or, or what is it? It's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, we 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 won't be holding, uh, you know, student council meetings while, uh, 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 you know, while midterm exams are happening. So you know, everybody else can, you know, feel free to, you know, go home and study. And then the narrator's like, he's lying. Shirogane just wants to study in the room by himself because he finds studying at home to be a huge pain in the ass. Right. Or uh, everybody has fucking, an ulterior uh, motive. Fujiwara's is probably the best. She's like, "Oh no, I have to study for my midterm exams, or else Daddy will cut off my my allowance." And then the narrator <laughs> cuts in. She's lying. Fujiwara's grandpa gives her a secret allowance as long as she doesn't <laughs> tell her parents. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's really good. Um. No. Yeah. So so episode four was very good and on par with what we've been getting from Kaguya-sama, whereas, um, you know, I don't want to be too prisoner of the moment here, but episode five was like a comedy masterpiece. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, before we do that, we do have to say one thing to give some context to episode five, which is uh, we are introduced to the fourth persona of Ai Hayasaka. Yes. Uh, Herthika, the, the butler. <laughs> right, which sets us up for... Well, five, it's yeah. one of the many things that lead up to episode five because we yes. also had, we also had the, um, the you move. know the bit the bit with I and Shiragane and what kind of and in his uh, apparently interesting rap music which was yes. introduced earlier uh, in an earlier episode, and um, it all kind of comes to a head in um, episode five where we get our other combo which is. You know, Fujiwara trying to help Shirogane learn to do something that he's very Once bad again, at. Once again, yes, try to coach Shirogane into passable competence in a given uh, task. <laughs> right, which which runs circles in itself on this episode, but... Um, yes. There's some real snake eating its tail with this one, right? Of yeah. like, 
because Fujiwara, Fujiwara doesn't know anything about rap. Does, doesn't know how to rap, so she has to learn how to rap so she can teach Shiragane. She how has to, to get rap. better at Shiragane than rap so she can teach him. It's very good. Um, she's this bar where she's like admits, oh, I thought rapping was just you just had to say yo at the end. Right. <laughs> Which again is another callback to season one, right? That was like yeah. where she did that, but um. But yeah, this all culminates in, in basically the episode going full musical, right. right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. So I mean, you've got Shiragani um, dropping some bars, surprisingly. Um, yeah, uh, they're the, they're okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll say he he, he starts. I, I watched it again. He starts strong, and then it kind of tails off a bit. I think, but uh, yes, yes, the. Uh, I'm also a little partial because they go very 90s with the very 90s overlaying the the yeah. the, the beat and the aesthetic yes. of uh of the whole se- the whole scene and I do I do love uh, I do love Fujiwara as the like Flava Flav hype woman yes um, it's very good it's very good uh and that somehow turns into Kaguya and I doing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, it's at which wild. point I don't, I don't even know what's going on at that point. Um, <laughs> but oh it's, it, man, it's very good. Um, it's very yes, yes. It, it's the thing that talking about it on a podcast is not going to do it justice. No, no, we our, our our verbal description will will not will never do it justice. But you yeah, because like not just the music, but like the visual presentation right, as well. It is, it is it is this anime's like constant like a tier production and and directing dedicated to like. Yeah, a visual musical sequence, right? Like it's, it, it it's not really easy to describe it, but it's just the the immensely good like snappy directing that we've come to associate with Kaguya. Put applied to its to best, a uh, applied to video. its best uh, aspects, <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, and somehow that's not even the end of the episode. We still get like one last like good entirely unrelated bit, which is. Uh, yeah, so we have quite um, funny, despite being completely unrelated. <laughs> we have the return of uh, Kaguya's uh, niece. <laughs> yes, technically because of extended family shenanigans or something. Who is like still yeah. her age or like a year only a year younger yes, than her or something. Something like that. And uh, she continues to bond with uh, Shiragani and uh, Ishigami. Ishigami, yeah. I feel like this is this is kind of like the dark mirror to Kagi and Fujiwara with the other girl and the other couple. Oh uh, yes, yes. I I actually really like this story because I actually I've come to really like uh, this dynamic between Shirogane yes. Ishigami and I don't know uh, Tsundere Senpai as she is called. <laughs> right. Just like because like even though they come from completely different backgrounds. They all find a weird kinship in like the same fundamental problem that all three of them share of being incapable of just outright confessing to the object of their, their affections. And we once again, get the running bit of like Shirogane and Ishigami giving like really solid advice. When it's not related to them. (laughs) Right. They have no basis for actually being able to give that advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real good. Um, Yeah. Shout outs Um, to the absolute, speaking of great directing, shout outs to the uh, immaculate bit where, uh, you know, uh, Shiragani Ishigami are like, well, you know that those two are probably like already done it, right? They've probably had their first time already. And she's, and the girl's like, what? Like kissing? Oh, please. Like I know about kissing. And Ishigami is like, all right. Takes out a fucking wand and waves it like a wizard to teleport <laughs> like, from his teleport. couch. 
to the other couch the girl's sitting in to whisper that they're fucking, that they're banging. And the way she pronounced sex is extremely funny. Yeah, the, the subs have it as, like, S-E-K. Yes, yes. yes. And Ishigami mocks it in, 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 in its pronunciation. Yeah. But, um, uh, just... Yeah, the... I, I, I can never emphasize enough the, the visual impact, like how much that also adds to this show, totally. which does not yeah. come across when we're describing it. Um, shout out to the director whose name I can't remember right now, but um, their, other, their only other notable credit being the dramatic masterpiece, uh, the uh, show again, Genroku Rakugo Shinju, which I can never say the whole title, or, yeah. which we always refer to as uh, the Rakugo anime, uh, but my personal favorite anime of the Glorio era, but uh, a very good director, you know, get you, I, yeah. <laughs> very different kind of show, but like oh, also yeah. well. fantastic directing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and and then we get the the new ED, the new we ED. Get, wow, <laughs> we didn't even get to that. Um, yeah. Before we, we get to the ending, can I just uh, ask something? Do you do you know? What the magic one bit in uh, that Ishigami did? What that was a reference to? Uh, the the wand specifically? No, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, well, I mean the the things. bit where he uses a wand to get to the other side to the other couch. Oh, where he teleports. I heard something about this. But I don't remember what the details were. Um, so I, I I was talking about it on on the radio show last night, but basically the um. In the manga, it isn't clear how it just yeah. oh, yes, appears yes. on the other side. Yeah, and yeah. so in the anime, they decided to just animate it because it became a running joke in the manga fandom, apparently. And so yes, they just yes. had okay. in magic over. <laughs> right, we... Yes, I think I think we sort of offhanded mentioned that uh, off-air before. But yes, because I, I, did, I saw the original manga uh, that this scene was based on. And yes, it's like the nature of like manga and how paneling works, right? It's like, I, you know... It's not that I'm blaming the artist for it, right? Like, p- paneling is difficult, you know, you know, set it, you know, drawing sets are difficult, but yes, just the way he, like, spontaneously teleports from one panel to the next, I I enjoy, and, and I think that's sort of a good adaptation, right? The anime had a little bit of fun with that, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. they gave it their own sort of unique twist. Right, they kind of acknowledge the, uh, the internet That it's a little great. silly, but also, hey, whatever, right? It's a comedy anime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it works like even out of context. It's still just a yeah. hilarious visual, right? Like yes, yeah, really good. Um, Sorry, yeah. The so then we get the ending. That ending, yeah, new ending. I guess you know we got like two or three episodes with the Starship Troopers ending. So I thought, oh, this is our permanent ending for this season. And then we got so, like I I I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that one. Um, it's kind of like a more realistic-ish art style, I guess. Yeah, they're they're kind of drawn more mature looking. Yeah, and they're they're performing, uh, I guess, more of a pop type of song. Kind of a pop song, song, more yeah, but, a dance number. Yeah. Like a, it's like a almost like a K-pop sort of. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like K-pop, maybe slightly EDM adjacent sort of vibe, you know, in that like, neighborhood. Or EDM concert vibe. Um, you get uh, Ishigami and Eno break dancing. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's like very well animated. Yeah, like basically, like Ishigami and Shirogane are having like a dance battle with Fujiwara, Fujiwara and Eno. It's uh, yeah, it's a real vibe. It's a it's it's I I. I <laughs> 
It's it's. I mean, I'm I'm just like, man, I can't believe they made this. Really, odd. that's 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 all I could really say. The, the resources <laughs> that were poured into this episode. Yeah, like this is the Fujiwara dance of the of right, season right. one, right? Yeah, the Fujiwara dance ED. Um, yeah, I don't know if it quite has that absurd amount of frames per second. No, but... no, but it may it might make up for it in just. Uh... But there's a lot of other style? things going on, right? Like it's it's a really stylish ED. Yeah, uh, they. I think I heard it was like basically, or if not, an, not not maybe not single-handedly animated, but I think it was like storyboarded by like a single, like, indie animator or something like that. Oh, they, they brought somebody. Yeah, somebody like in. They brought in some. Uh, some that makes sense because I mean it is a drastically different style. Than, yeah, yeah, definitely than the too. series normally is. But, uh, um, I, I but, dug it. It's cool. It's it's fun. Like I I really like that. That uh, that Kaguya Sama is getting into this like habit and tradition of using the ED as like a, as a fun way to explore different genres. Right, that's always fun, and mm. they they have the resources to make multiple EDs. Yes. Right, um, so yeah, they're still killing it. The show. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Well, time for the the, the last gorilla in this room mm-hmm. let's talk about spy family yeah yeah i think g i think i know what you were saying last time about how the first two episodes kind of feels like a pilot and like mm-hmm. i don't think it properly prepares you for how absurd spy family is willing to get <laughs> one could say the real spy family starts here <laughs> um because we start with the absolutely ridiculous admissions process. Yes. See uh, the some real fucking tune in exams, just ridiculous secret test of character bullshit. Yeah, which is you know wild, and it's, it's and it's hilarious because as crazy as they they do the, the the joke of like as crazy as whatever situation comes up, like Lloyd is actually prepared for that yes. circumstance. It's it it, it it does the very good it, it has a very good understanding of comedy of a joke is funny once and it's potentially even funnier a second time uh, when they they do the thing of Lloyd has a third set of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right well yeah right well it's almost like it's almost like a joke a joke is uh, funny once maybe not twice but definitely the third or fourth time <laughs> like yes, like you just yes. keep beating that, it to death yes, right. There you go. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's very good, um, and it kind of you know, I they always, they always kind of bring the episode around into like some kind of very sweet moment at the end, right? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. um, like there's a great bit, you know, at the end where like, we're, you know, again, we're Lloyd. We're, we have to remember the man is a spy. He's yes. a spook, right? You know, and but yet despite that, like when this fucking sack of shit is like. Right talking down to his like fake family uh-huh. still goes dad he's fucking ready yeah. he's ready to throw down like yeah <laughs> straight up really killed that mosquito right um yeah, yeah. and uh, of course <laughs> we're introduced to uh you know master swain uh not swain um what's the name of the headmaster I remember. Uh, i'm sorry Anderson. Uh, well, elegance the old, guy the old guy Anderson. with the cartoon mustache <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mr. Ele- Mr. Elegance. i don't know yes the elegant <laughs> guy yes uh, just the dude fucking losing his shit at how elegant the Forger family is. <laughs> very good. Has them all, has them fooled. But uh, yes, yes, that's very good. And then um, is it episode five that we're on? 
Uh, yes. What this a great is, episode. This is wild, because... Most of that was not in the manga. Yes, this is some real, like, adaptation, pumping up the source material uh, uh, stuff here. Okay. Yeah, the, great uh, stuff. They basically take what's like a one-off chapter in the manga that is fun, but it's I would say is not particularly memorable by the very high bar that Spy Family sets for itself. Mm-hmm. And they turn it into arguably the best episode of the show so right. far. Right, and turns this huge set piece. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. It's it, it's that reminder. Yeah, these people remember these are at least to a partial extent these are the ranking of kings people, and they will occasionally just flex their animation chops on you in a way that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> leaves you dumbfounded. Yeah, because the first couple episodes had little splashes, but there were, I guess there really wasn't reason to really cut loose with the animation yeah. too much. And this one's just like a, 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 a spectacle, right? Like it's, Yeah, totally. Um, you know, the, the concept being uh, Lloyd tapping into his unlimited resources to uh, give Anya a uh, gift for... Um, <laughs> he basically spends, like... His entire spy agency's budget to throw a very elaborate LARP session yep. for his right. daughter. <laughs> Where they go to a castle and he has to rescue yeah. Anya. And, yeah. And, and I do uh, love the running bit of just all these fucking spies are showing up. Like, they're fucking airdropping out of, like, yeah, helicopters. Coming in, coming in on speedboats and shit, you know, like, flying in. This critical and mission. They're all just like, oh, man, I can't believe I get to serve on the same operation as the legendary spy Twilight. And it's about that part where I realize, oh my god, this is like a fucking like Metal Gear Solid bit. Like, right? This Anytime could have been you a, this... beat up a guard on Mother Base, and he's like, right? And they salute yes. you. It's an honor like, to be held in your Iron Grip, boss. Right? Like this could have been <laughs> like this entire bit. Like, if if in, in the version of Metal Gear Solid Five, in which Kojima wasn't such a self serious jackass, and where Konami wasn't, you know, fucking Konami. There, I the, the plot of episode five of Spy Family could have easily have been like a fucking throwaway mission in Metal Gear Solid Five, like throw a throw a fake birthday party on Mother Base, uh-huh. right? Infiltrate your own Mother Base. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's very fun. I think uh, you know we're also getting to see some of the side cast really shine, right? Like Frankie, who's shown up a couple times as uh, Lloyd's informant. Mm-hmm. Uncle Scruffy. I think has a lot of fun in this episode, just leaning into being the most like just like dirtbag ass friend that he is right oh yeah um we get the running bit of uh yor is the meanest drunk on the planet <laughs> she's just cradling <laughs> that wine bottle like a child yeah. like i love night. that they get on a they charter a private plane and fly to a castle and she's still drinking out of the same bottle <laughs> she's like wow yeah. now uh, they, they 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 burned a lot of frames on her nearly killing Lloyd at the end. Yes, the yes, yeah, yeah. We get we get a little bit of a, uh, you know, yes, you're the fucking super assassin, <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah. just straight up boxing <laughs> Lloyd, straight up awesome, yeah. <laughs> throwing jabs and hooks, <laughs> so good. Like yeah. I yeah I. I Really yeah. fun episode again. That you know you even get your gratuitous no name insert song. Uh, and to be clear, no name is the name of the composer uh, yes. for this anime. <laughs> yes. Uh, their, uh, just to clarify. Their love of just putting in completely inappropriate insert songs in the middle of, of episodes. Yep. Yeah. Very no, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And again, like, 
I was not expecting that level of absurdity from this show. Yeah, like, right, right. But, like, like the, the entrance exam one, like, was kind of pushing the border, particularly when, uh, yeah. like, the uh, the Gene Simmons cow shows up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but with episode five, I was like, okay, this is, like, a whole other level. And I This really is the episode it. that's meant to make you understand that Spy Family is, like, largely a gag comedy, yes. right? Like, right. If if you went into this show thinking, oh, is it going to be like half serious spy shit and half like slice of life comedy? It's like no, it's maybe closer to like twenty percent spy stuff, eighty percent slice of life comedy. Yeah, right. Uh, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, like the spy stuff is always there; it never goes yes. away. It's but... always there to instigate a piece of comedy. Like yes, basically. Right. And uh, it's wild because I love this episode, but I'm telling you, based on what we saw in the preview. Uh, the best is yet to come. <clears throat> Excellent. <laughs> uh, you know, just think about that little, that last, that, that, they knew what they were doing when they ended the next episode preview on that specific Anya face. Yeah. Uh, we are. The Anya face. <laughs> the Anya face. <laughs> the Anya face, perhaps. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, so Peter, I've, I've you were, you... oh, go on. I was going to say, Peter, you were watching this as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm enjoying it. I am curious as to where it's heading. Um, I must say thank you to whoever designed um, uh, yours cardigan with an open back. Because... <laughs> My God. That... <laughs> <laughs> Look, we talked about it in the last podcast. Look, if we want to use every podcast to talk about how hot your, your is, I mean, <laughs> we could do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mother's Day. Um, as it, my, the reason I say that is because my Twitter timeline has become significantly more wholesome because everyone's just, instead of boob window, we've just got back window and it's just immediately <laughs> more wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, um, but what, what, an interesting thing about, uh, on the topic of your actually, um, I, I, I've heard that she's not as big of a character later on. So, um, I don't, I, I, to address that, I think, um, I mean, you know, as, as someone who's also read the manga, maybe you could back me up on this and say that, to a certain extent, it is true that Yor probably gets the least screen time of the three yeah. uh, titular members of the spy family. Uh, I would agree. For would better agree. or worse. Um, to a certain extent, it's because Yor's intrinsic... Her intrinsic skill set <laughs> means that, like, she kind of has to be used somewhat sparingly because... It's a little bit of the problem of like, well, why isn't your here? She can kick a car in half. Like, why doesn't she just solve this problem? Right. It's like, well, she had the flu. She was away. Something, you know? yeah. Uh, uh, but I will say that Yor does get a an arc focused entirely around her and her double life as an assassin. Right. That's just recently later wrapped in the up. Manga. Well, like, That's that mm. recently wrapped up. I think uh, is a personal favorite of many people who have who've read the manga. Right. Because uh, she gets a. It really was kind of a fan- like, oh, finally. Some your yes, some yes. your content. Uh... It's it's a little bit of that trope. It's almost like it's it's that it's a rare f- a female example of the trope of th- the comic relief character gets serious and everybody <laughs> loses their shit because they're yeah. like, oh god, she's playing for fucking real now, and mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite entertaining. Do you think? But do you think the anime will actually get to that point? Because mm, un, unlikely. Not yeah. not in a, in this current season. No. 
So it, it, I think it is a valid it is a valid it is a valid criticism yes. of the manga. I do think, however, that where they do decide to shift their focus, and that focus, I would say, is largely going to be on Anya uh, going forward. Right. Mostly, yeah. Is, you know, I don't want to, like, make it an either-or situation or say they're mutually exclusive or anything like that, but I will say that, like, the shift of focus to Anya, I personally think is a very uh, good choice on the part of Spy Family. <laughs> Right. Uh, like every Anya focus story is like consistently a banger. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, you know, maybe we'll end up getting more anime because this thing seems to be quite popular. Um, I, I, I think we probably will at this rate. Like it's uh, meant yeah. to be two cores split. Uh, so. Mm. Okay. I'm not sure where that would would end up, honestly. But. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. We might we we might touch. Yeah, I mean, we might arrive at the front door of your arc yeah, then maybe. in the second half, probably, if that's, we'll if that's how it's going. The thing to also keep in mind is that, like, the an- the manga is bi-weekly. Right. So, Fortnightly. Yeah. Uh, or, yes, yes, my bad, yes. For, yes <laughs> Fortnightly, the other way around. Well, I yes. mean, bi- uh, look, bi-weekly is a more ambiguous uh, word. Yes. Um, You're correct. And so, there's not actually that much material, mm-hmm. so... Right. I could also see it being a thing of like this first season, this first like batch of twenty six episodes finishes up. They maybe take a year to, you know, let more content, you know, gestate, so to speak. Yeah, and then they announce an, a a second season down the line. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I will say, like, I'm I'm comfortable. You know, if we want to declare Spy Family the best show of the season, um, I do think it is the sort of safest, broadest appeal. I, like, I would recommend right. anybody watch it. I think that's um, a fair assessment. I don't know, and I, I and and don't get me wrong, I love it. I don't know if my my heart burns with passion to watch the, the episode with the second it comes out, like it does for some of the other. Uh, mm. Shows on this it, it, list. It can, right. it can be a thing of like your brain recognizes that Spy Family is probably the best show of this season, right. but your heart recognizes that it's Birdie Wing. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Birdie Wing comes out at like 11 p.m. my time, and, and which you is very watching weird. that shit immediately. And I'm watching that immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, secretly, the the Dark Horse best show of the yeah, season. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. No. Um, but no, it's it's all good. I think we have a very solid list of shows here that are very fun, uh, and I'm enjoying it. So, all right, that's gonna do it then for this episode. Time flew by. I didn't even realize we are a bit over here. It's but, a packed yeah. season. It, what a it's, season. What it's a season. It's a really yeah. Yeah, lot, lot, lot going on. So, um, let's do our housekeeping. You can check us out at theglorioblog.com and follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell and whatnot. Um, uh, Peter, where can people listen to your radio show? Uh, If you head over to um, necodesu.radio, you can find out all the information there. Um, It's on Saturday nights. uh, UK time, so 9pm UK time. Um, 
It's two hours of me rambling about stuff and playing some anime music. Yeah. So, uh, go... Everybody go check that out. You can, uh, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We'll catch everybody next time.